Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings, Luke, Jay, Rachel and Jane. Uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. I that, look at myself as just the, the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, uh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago. Um, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer. And I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema. Welcome to episode nine of The C Word. I'm Luke. I'm here with my brother, Lee, also known as Leroy. Or suitcases. <laughs> good morning. Thank good morning. you. <laughs> hey, John. Yeah, good. Amazing. So we are having a an update. I think today really is just going to be about a bit of an update of, of where you're at after the first round of treatment. We've had the month off. We're now getting to the point where you went for your scans and your follow up. So I think uh, I think today's discussion should just should be around that because I think we, we haven't spoken too much about it. Just as a just to set up the conversation, we were. We were driving this morning and I was on purpose not quite responding to anything because I wanted to uh, have the conversation here. But um, Yes, and I deliberately didn't call you last night. Yes. Because I thought, I don't want to give away too much. Excellent. I'll leave it for the morning so that Excellent. we get genuine Genuine responses. conversation. <laughs> I was also out at dinner, so I wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked. You wouldn't have answered. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how you doing? Give us, a, give us a rundown. Where are we at? What's the um, So Wednesday... Went in and had the MRI and that was an interesting process. Um, when I got there, they said, you've had these before or you've had this before, so you should remember the the process. And I said, oh, actually, I don't. Um, and, and the guy said to me, he goes, oh, what do you mean? What don't you remember? And I said, well, I just had um, a seizure and <laughs> so forth and don't quite have. You know, oh, yeah, so your first one was... When you first got taken into hospital? That was a CT. Oh, okay. And then a few days later I had an MRI. But um, as you know, the first few days after um, visiting me in hospital, I Mm. was um, jovial but not not quite aware of everything that was going on. Um, Was the MRI the one where I came in with the Kentucky Fried Chicken after no, that was my biopsy. <laughs> That's your biopsy. That was my biopsy. Apologies to anyone who's listening going, mm. I can't believe you brought KFC after something, but he was he was off his that face. Was my, that was my biopsy and I'd had a few days of steroids <laughs> yeah. and then surgery and um, and that's when I was just desperate for the colonel. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> and so. the story goes, comes out of biopsy, messages the family, says he's desperate for KFC, everyone's busy. I was meant to go to my going away thing for Virgin and instead I dropped that and went and got him some KFC and took it to the hospital and he then proceeded to walk around in his gown offering fried chicken to everyone while he was – you were the happy – like you were so happy that afternoon. You were just, oh, I was full of drugs. You were and off your tits. I had KFC. Uh, it was brilliant. It was bad. It was funny. Um, and you know, just have one of those gowns on that you wear in yeah, hospital. Yeah, so. delightful for everyone. Yeah, Everyone brilliant. involved. Yeah, just get to get to have some KFC and then see me walk away with my ass crack. <laughs> with your tush out. out. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so on Wednesday we had that and um, 
so that was that was interesting. That's quite a you know they ask you the question: Are you claustrophobic? And you're like, well, not that I know of. Um, You'll find out shortly. I guess it it depends. If I was you know climbing into a hole in the ground somewhere, it probably would be, but. Hmm. This is a controlled environment. I understand what I'm doing. So now I think I'll be okay. So so for the purposes of those who, I don't know, maybe don't know, but uh, can give the full detail to it, what is the purpose of an MRI? And then when you're going to get it, what does that kind of machine look like just to kind of set it up a bit more? Um, so the purpose of an, an MRI is to get a, oh, I guess like a 360-degree multi-layered scan of whatever it could be a hand, it could be a leg, it could be a brain, it doesn't matter. But um, it's to get that three-dimensional, I guess, look at what is happening and it breaks it down into layers so they can see different layers and different angles and so forth. Okay. Um, and to get that, the, uh, the machine looks like? The machine just looks like a big donut um, and a bed. It- is it similar to the machine that you, you were getting your radio? Very similar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very, yeah. very similar. So but this one, so, oh, this is that one that kind of goes around you and then you Yeah, they, they put a little, um, so around for your head anyway, it's quite weird. Um, they put some little earbuds in first, you know, just like little foam ones, but they expand in your ear when you put them in. Okay. Because it's quite a loud machine. So they put those in first. And then um, I felt like I was on a construction work site because they put like the old earmuffs on like the yellow uh, ones. Yeah. Um, and I was like, do they just flog these from somewhere? Are these <laughs> legitimate hospital grade? I'm not sure. But anyway, you put those on and then they put your head, they get you to lay back and your head rests into uh, a mould, I guess, so to speak. And, um, and then they just wedge things in around your head because they don't make, unlike with the radiotherapy where obviously that's happening every single day and you get a specific mould made so that your head sits in exactly the same spot. Um, with the MRI um, on your head, your head just goes into like a generic um, like resting point, I guess. Yep. And then around there they just wedge in. I don't know what they were wedging in but it just – little bits of foam and pillow around my head just so it was in the one spot. Mm. Um, And then this little sort of cage goes over your face and it's got a little mirror so that you can see the room behind you where um, the people um, managing the MRI um, sit. So because there's a lot of noise going on in the machine and then they speak to you um, and it's quite hard to hear so they want you to have a visual so that if you need to, you can sort of, you know, give them the thumbs up or, yep. you know, give them a hand signal or whatever. And at the same time, you're also um, a given, like an emergency button. So it's just a, a little squishy button that if you need, you push and um, they'll shut the machine down and stop it. Because some people obviously, again, the same as radiotherapy, struggle with that confined space and... Um, and might get halfway through because they go for quite a long period of time. Not exactly sure how long mine went for, but it was at least 25 minutes. Oh, yep. so a fair bit of time. Yeah, sort of yeah, in right. there for. So. Compared to the radiotherapy, which was three minutes. Three minutes in there, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Done. so you sat with the guy. He said to you, do you remember this? You're kind of going, nah, not really. Yeah. So you go in, you get this done, 25 minutes. You're okay the whole time? Yeah, fine. Yep. Yep, fine. So um, finish that and then they pretty much, yep. Off you go and we'll see you tomorrow. 
Uh, and oh, so you had no other appointments on the Wednesday? Just nah, that? just the MRI. Okay, and then uh, the Thursday appointment was with um, the oncologist. So that was to look at the results um, and then issue my next round of chemo. So it's a it's a pretty quick process when you go in there. It's um, and it's hard for it's been the difficult part of all of this. I suppose is that everybody around you expects you because they hold you in such high regard or on a pedestal that for whatever reason you deserve better treatment, more time, more doctors, the best doctors than anybody else sitting in the room. Which I look at and go, it's actually that's. Just, it's lovely that you think that way, but it's also <laughs> really unfair because there are so many people in that space in exactly the same position as you um, that require, uh, you know, the appropriate amount of attention and, and treatment and so forth. And then I look at the doctors and they are just under the pump. Mm. Like we expect so much from them. I think we've spoken about this before and um, one of the things I've taken away from this is I think we're far too harsh um, in terms of what we expect from doctors, surgeons, so forth. They're just people, but they're performing amazing duties, mm. um, really significant, life-changing. They're making enormous decisions, not just one a day, but a lot. Mm. Um, they're dealing with people that are sometimes aggressive, sometimes not, sometimes... Uh, you know, low in terms of their level of intelligence, I guess, and ability to understand and absorb what's happening. Mm. Um, so they're having to, you know, break things down more for some people than others. And then they get people that come in and that are pretty clear in terms of their understanding of the situation and it's a quicker process. And I get that and I understand that because for them it's like, right, well, I've got another 50 people to deal with today. You're pretty switched on so we can be pretty quick with this. So we went in yesterday and I have to admit, I was nervous. I was, I was quite nervous. I was going to say, what was the lead up? Because like over the week, we kind of knew it was coming, right? Mm. Like, so had you maintained this level of like, yep, we're all good? Did you have that moment again? Like when you went in for your treatment and went, oh, shit, I've been all talk this time. And now I'm going to, like, what was the what was the process internally for you? No, I think I changed a little bit in terms of, um, I guess, the way that I've spoken about it. Um, I, my expectations, uh, long-term expectations are that I'll do really well in this space. Short-term, medium-term expectations is that this is a process that takes time. It's not something that is fixed immediately. Um, most of the people that you hear that have sort of got through and become, um, have had that tumor disappear. Um, or reduced to a tiny, tiny amount. It's taken them a good couple of years to get to that point. It's not something that's just occurred. Mm. Um, obviously, that egotistical side of you and the arrogant side of you goes, no, 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 well, I'll do it better than everybody else. But the reality is it's probably unlikely. I might deal with the process emotionally better than others, but the actual process of what's happening inside my head and how it's being treated will probably be the same as um, the same as most. So I, I was still as normal as I always am yep. um, right up until treatment. The only thing I was nervous about was that Laura, for the first time in 
oh, since we first started was coming to the sessions, um, obviously because of COVID and the restrictions that had occurred throughout that period. Mm. Um, I was limited in um, who could come in. You could only have people in if there was exceptional circumstances, like if you needed the assistance, which I didn't. Mm. So this was Laura's first opportunity to come in and sit in front of the doctors again. So she was really nervous mm. and I really, really felt that and I felt that's probably, I won't say where pressure came from, but my objective yesterday was I just need to somehow make sure that my wife feels comforted through this process and that whatever is discussed today, I don't let it freak me out because I don't want her to freak out because I know that she probably will mm. anyway because she has the same as everyone else in the family, has these expectations of me that um, I'm just going to get it done, mm. which I know that I will. But, yeah, after yesterday we went in, we sat down, had – the initial doctor sit with us and said, right, okay, well, we'll talk about your chemo treatment. Um, that'll start tomorrow. Write you up a script, et cetera. It's going to double. So um, so that was a of, change from what you would expected in terms of the double? Or uh, yeah, I expected that. Yeah, okay. I expected at least that. Okay. Like at least it's a double in terms of um, uh, from what the, the amount. So we're on 150 milligrams before. It's now 300. Still tablet. Still tablet form, okay. yeah. So which I took this morning, which yep. I was a little bit nervous about because I thought, um, geez, I hope I'm still good with the nausea side of things because this will be an interesting podcast if, uh, <laughs> if I come. Yeah, I and I've got a, Can we just grab a bucket? I'm just going to have a bucket next to me. I duck out every <laughs> five minutes. But I particularly drove very calm the whole way <laughs> thinking, don't go too fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting process. Sat down with him, got that out of the way, and then the scans came up and immediately you look at it and you don't really, like to be honest, you don't know. What you're looking at? What you're looking at. You do <laughs> to a degree, but, I mean, people. That's a brain, right? People That's think better. they do and they go, oh, yep, I can see that, and you, you no, don't because you, you don't. do. You haven't studied for you know, 10 you've years, You've looked mate. at <laughs> You've looked at some these things a couple of times. Yeah. So <laughs> I am purely guided by what the doctors tell me and I try not to look at anything in there too much other than what are the words that are coming out of your mouth? What are you telling me? Mm. That's my trust is in that mm. and that you're doing a job. So uh, the doctor sat down and I could see on the scan there was quite a large uh, area of like white, which is generally like what that's what the tumour looked like initially. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then there was this big black spot also. And I was like, oh, what's, God, what's that? Like, I've got something new growing in there, like well, some sort of medical freak. And um, I could see Laura was like really anxious. Yeah. And she yeah, asked the questions, are you okay? Do you feel all right? And I said, yeah, I feel good. And she said, um, how's your memory been, speech, everything? I said, well, as far as I'm aware, it's been pretty good. Laura will probably tell you that my memory's been, I've had a couple of occasions where I've forgotten things, but again, they've been tiny things yeah. um, that I would generally normally forget. I was going to say, that's human though, right? Anyway, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. such a hard yeah. one when it's like that. It's like, how do you determine what is significant? And, and you're analysing a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. And I and I can, um, from Laura's perspective, like she's hanging off of 
everything that occurs because she just wants to know that I'm going to get to that point quickly where I'm good. Yeah. Well, she's um, a wife who's got a husband who's not well and she's panicked yeah. and, you know. And it's a lot for her and the more yeah. I think about it, it's actually, I mean, it's a lot for my whole family, um, friendship group. But in yeah. reality it's probably the, the greatest hardship is for her. You know, um, I can deal with it because it's me. It's I'm in control of it to a degree, I guess. Um, So, but for her, I look at, and she's been amazing so far. Um, I knew yesterday after we had our appointment that she would sort of have a little bit of a um, letdown and we probably weren't going to consume our vegan meal last night. (laughs) There might be something like, else. What did vegan do to you? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted something you know? a little, a little fattier and a little. Um, and look, we didn't go anything crazy. We just had pasta, to be honest. So we probably could have had a vegan, <laughs> <laughs> but we just had some pasta. So um, <laughs> I love that that's your go-to. We we're a bit upset, so we didn't go to vegan meals. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "I just can't have that tonight." And I said, "Completely understand, my love. That's fine. That's Let's right. just get some Let's pasta, garlic so, bread, and a really big pasta." So after asking a couple of questions, um, uh, the head of oncology asking a couple of questions about are you okay, you're responding well with things, sleeping, eating, all of that sort of stuff, um, she said, you look good, like you look fine. So I'm a little bit confused because you shouldn't be presenting the way you're presenting. And I said, okay, why is that? And she said, because you've got a cyst um, on top of your tumour and it's not it, – with that amount of growth in a cyst, you should be having reasonable side effects mm. and you're not. So she said, I'm I'm just a bit perplexed about it. And I said, okay, well. Um, and we're talking about this. You've had like not even – because we all kind of have different pain thresholds, right, So or capacity to kind of deal with certain things. And so you were saying you've had like momentary – just normal little, oh, do I have a headache? No, I'm okay kind of yep. things and that's about it? Yep. So nothing else? No, nothing else. Nothing really. that you've kind of gone, oh, I've got a strong threshold so it doesn't matter anyway. So. No, I wouldn't even, where I'm at or where I've been at since this started is, if I would have had just even a moderate headache. You'd be on it. I'd be on to it. Good. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely because yeah. I'm not that tough guy approach where you can go, yeah, yeah. I, I can. Well, I can deal with this. It's a bit life or death at this point. If you start absolutely. going, oh, I'm okay with the headache. It's yeah, like, well, absolutely. So I'm far more aware in that space and deal with it differently. But, um, but anyway, she said after going through that, she said, "Look, do you mind if you go and grab some lunch? I'm just going to meet with the rest of the team." So the way that it works, you get individual oncologists for radiotherapy, chemotherapy. And then there's obviously head of those departments and then there's people beneath them. So everybody wants the head of the department. You want the best all the time. Um, <laughs> and and I've had uh, like my fair share of that, which has been uh, good and it's probably due to the severity of the um, tumour. So I felt quite good in that space. So um, she said, yeah, do you mind if you go and grab something to eat? And pop back in an hour. I'm just going to meet with um, head of radiotherapy um, and your neurosurgeon, and we're just going to have a look at this so we can determine what we're going to do because um, I think we should maybe drain it, um, which would mean going sh- straight into 
surgery and I'd imagine they'd use the same access point as they did for my biopsy because it's in the same space. Mm. Um, so it would just be, I'd imagine, cutting where I've already had a cut and flipping the skin back and using that point to go in and mm. be a needle and drain it and it's done. Um, but when we came back, they were like, we're going to meet in a week as a team uh, and then we're going to get back to you after that because because you are presenting well, um, we're not going to deal with it right now. As in we're not going to send you in for surgery. And I, and I to a degree, understand that. Like the least amount of times they can enter your brain oh, yeah. for surgery, the better. Now they can – steroids are an option to reduce it, whether it reduces it completely or not. Um, uh, Without reducing – you said there's um... – Fluid in there, would that yep. reduce? That's what the steroids are aimed at doing. The steroids are oh, aimed at reducing okay. the fluid. Okay. Um, so, and because of that mass that's in there, mm. it's distorted the vision um, of the tumour. So the tumour looks larger than it did before, but it's in part, and I, I can't remember the terminology he used, but um, uh in part, he thinks the head of radiotherapy, it's because of that cyst, it's created like a false um, version of or vision, I guess, of what the tumour actually is. So they need that to go so they can have a better look at it mm-hmm. um, and understand where it's at. But again, you know, they always talk about your symptoms and where you're at. And I keep presenting well, so it's it's quite confusing. I was even confused yesterday because I'm like, oh, is there something like something like just desperately wrong with me? Like, how can I? Am I Superman? Like, like I've got a doctor sitting here in front of me going, "You shouldn't be presenting like this." And I'm yeah. like, "Well, how should I present? I can like yeah. I don't know." Is, everyone, it, is it like? Is obviously it's very different, right? For every individual, I would imagine. Mm. Is this a you're obviously not presenting these things, but does this happen to a lot of people? Like, how, I don't like, know. This, this is what I find interesting. Judging like, by the look on her face yesterday, I would say no. Okay. Um, she was quite taken back by, you've got this, but you, you know, presenting like this. So, mm. how does the cyst even occur? Is it because of the radio, uh, like the radiation kind of therapy that you, that yeah. it, like, is it because of the burning or like what? You know, speak. Oh, look, again, very simply for me, but like, certainly is it... no expert in this space and yeah. there's probably a million people, clearly a million people that will be listening to this that will, um, uh, that will tell us different, differently or give us a, an exact summation of how it occurs. But I, I was told that there's a really good chance there would be inflammation post-radiotherapy because it's really aggressive treatment. Yeah. So it's freaking your brain out and it's causing things to happen and... And, and I don't know why the inflammation occurs, whether or not it's inflammation to try and protect or it's just that that's just what happens mm. um, and you can get some inflammation. Uh, and early on they said, look, you can get some inflammation with your radiotherapy and if you do, it'll cause headaches. You just need to be aware of it and if you get them, then we'll have to either stop treatment for a period and start again and so forth. But got through all of that fine. Um, and then, yeah, I've got this, this cyst that's relatively large, 
So again, it's just fluid. So it's not um, anything evil, but your brain or your skull is only it can't expand. Mm. So whilst fluid isn't an evil thing, it's certainly not something that you want in there if it's causing any um, distress, pain, you know, lack of functionality um, and that, that type of stuff. So um, so that's where it can come from. It's just from that really aggressive treatment that it causes that inflammation yeah. um, and then retains that fluid um, in that space. So what are the uh, what are the symptoms that we have to look out for? What are the what are the signs you have to watch out for over the next week? Like, are you a is it at a higher risk now for the next week while you try and wait to find out about it? Um, I know Laura had mentioned something about you know are they confident still that uh, your anti seizure medicine will continue working? Are they confident? Of- they didn't say anything about that to be honest. Um, people can still have seizures on anti seizure. So just because you're taking anti seizure doesn't mean you're not gonna. Yeah, right. Get, have a seizure. A lot do. And, and I guess I've been lucky so far and particularly even with this happening that I haven't had any. Mm. So, again, in a silly way, it fills me with a bit of confidence that I'm pretty I'm pretty resilient. Like I'm built in this case. Um, I'm built to endure, I guess, to a greater degree than maybe others. So is that a good thing? Like, yeah, it is. Um uh, to a degree, but it was a bit of an up and down day yesterday. I didn't have any expectation other than I just wanted to go in and hear that it hadn't grown. If they had said it's reduced a little bit, I would have been thumbs up. That's good. That's a positive because it takes time for these things to disappear. They don't just disappear um, immediately. So, um, And they do normally say, I think from memory you were saying, First time they sometimes might even go, oh, look, it has actually grown, grown a little bit yeah. or it's remained and then it's it's really the follow-ups. It's the follow-ups know. that yeah. are the, the And to the your keys. point, you're saying that this is a process to go through. It wasn't expected yeah. like, oh, there we go, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd, I mean, if you had have gone in and they had have said I was disappeared, I don't know what that would have done to my headspace. Probably would have freaked me out. I would have thought, what's going on here? How has this occurred? Like, Where'd it go? Um, I feel like sort of the longer, not the longer it takes, but uh, if it uh, shrinks in size over a period of time, then it's like in my head I'm thinking my brain is adapting to that change and it's becoming more sustainable in terms of how it will hold it at bay for a lengthier period. But... Um, it's a bit like, I don't know, compare it to like form in football, I guess. If you have a real spike in out of nowhere, you can guarantee the next two to three weeks are probably going to be shit house. Mm. Um, but if it's gradual, then there's more sustainable change. Yeah, it's sustainable change. So I'm just <laughs> looking for that sustainable change over a period of time and that it reduces and reduces and reduces and gets to a point where it's gone. Um, and then you know that hopefully that your brain is going to – your body, everything is going to hold on that bay for an extended period of time, I guess. Mm, mm. So so it was a bit of a weird day. Like I got home and I was a little bit, um, I don't know. We both sort of sat there for a period of time. You know when you don't know what to say to each other? Mm. And I could clearly see that Laura was angry, mm. like just angry that you want answers immediately. 
but you know that sometimes you don't get them because these anomalies pop up. And it doesn't matter how skilled the individual is on the other side of the fence. They've spent 20 years in the industry, God knows how many years studying and further development. But even they are going to hit a hurdle at a point and go, this is unique, it's different, and we're not quite sure. So we need to take some time to consider what we're going to do here. So um, they certainly didn't send me away um, freaked out. If it was anything significantly serious, I suppose there would have been a, well, you're not going to leave today. We're actually going to keep you and we're going to monitor you. You'd hope so, right? Like you kind of look at it and yeah. think if you've been told, look, you're not presenting in this way, we feel that's appropriate, we can wait a week. Yep. <clears throat> and you've you know trusted that process and trusted those individuals up until this point that, that that's going to be the right thing to do yeah. right, for now. Well, at least the thing to do for now, rightly or wrongly. I don't know. It just yeah. is what it, it is what it is. I think the hard part is because you're, you know, thinking of Laura, like you're so, everything goes on hold. I think that's what it is. And the answers are what help for us to keep thinking that there's mm-hmm. that progression. And there was probably a lot of, you know, maybe not for yourself, but maybe for her. And I know, for, you know, we're all kind of, we're waiting to see what it means and so it's like you stall for another week, you know, like you're, just, you're not stalling, but it's a bit of like, okay, what now, you know? Um, and in a space where there's so much uncertainty, like in that, but then also just in the world around us, it's just yet another thing that you go, what the hell, man? Like I can, I can yeah. imagine that these would be part of the, the mental process of. It's kind uh, of hard because I look at it and go, I just want everyone to carry on normal, just normal duties, do normal stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, um, because putting yourself on hold, awaiting outcomes, awaiting then means that you're not doing something or mm. you're not putting yourself in the right headspace or you're not enjoying your day, getting the most out of it, helping somebody else. Um, if your sole concern is one individual, um, so, and that's probably, and that might sound a bit harsh, but for me, I would. You just want people to continue on. Just keep doing your normal things. Um, and, again, trust in the individual that is going through it that they have the capacity and the ability to work through this because there's nothing that anybody externally can do. No. It ultimately, all comes down to, to me mm. So and the doctors. So that's a hard, that's a hard one. Mm. And that was hard yesterday because... I think Laura had seen obviously the way that I dealt with my treatment and so forth and she was really quite buoyed and proud of the fact that I'd gone through my treatment really well and mm. felt really confident and I think she maybe maybe hoping for a little bit more yesterday. But in saying that, again, it's a cyst that's sitting there that will at some stage be um, either through drugs or through surgery that will be drained and removed and then they'll get a better look at it. And mm. at that stage, they might look at it and go, actually, it's like, it's pretty good, you mm. know? Mm. Um, or no, no, it had actually increased. Um, and then it will be that process over the ensuing uh, months. Um, I think I said to you the other week, I met with a dad whose daughter, um, really, really similar to mine. Mm-hmm. And it's taken her two years. And this is a daughter that's had. <clears throat> no names, um, but hasn't had the greatest surrounding, Mm. certainly hasn't 
from discussions with the dad, hasn't had the greatest um, diet and treating herself right, but it's taken two years for her to get to a point where that tumour is now gone. Mm. So it's just a game of patience and small steps and small wins and wanting to get to that point and that's going to take a period of time. And I guess it's everybody. At some point, it's funny because everyone, you throughout this process, things, like I've said before, people rush in, everyone rushes in, everyone wants to rush in and be there and help. <clears throat> Where they may have not been in touch with you or part of you for a long period of time, but all of a sudden they want to be there to help because that's just what they want to want to do. And then gradually people sort of just fall away and fall away and fall away and fall away, which is completely fine. Mm. You don't expect anybody to come in and sustain that level of support or effort that they're wanting to give um, sort of uh, early on. Um, and with this, it'll take a period of time. So I guess everybody just has to business as usual and give us an update when you've got an update. And if it's anything significant, we'll let you know. And if it's, if it's not, we'll keep progressing. And that's how I'd like to deal with it. That's my sort of mindset is that if there's something wrong, I'll tell you. Mm. But if there's not, it's just business as usual. Just keep, mm. keep moving forward. Mm. Cause otherwise it's a constant, um, sharing of information and reliving the process and going through it again. And I guess where that's where this has been <clears throat> really beneficial is that all the people that do want to know listen to this podcast and they hear about it and they find out about it and then they'll touch base with this. So it's, from that um, perspective, this has been a brilliant process mm. to share that information. Um, so... And yeah. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head, though. It's a process, and I think that's probably what I I, I take the most from this conversation. And 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 I guess it's about putting everything in perspective. And ultimately, you know, you had the first six weeks where you did that initial part of the treatment, but we still have six months worth of treatment that's still to go, right? So it's almost uh, to your to your point, or at least of what I'm picking up of it. It's about going, guys. There's there's a there's a bigger process here, and whilst hope. Uh, might influence expectation that it'll be a quicker turnaround. The reality is as long as it's progressive or some form of information or there's movement or we're moving towards something, it's just have patience, keep doing the right thing, keep looking up to yourself. Like, you know, if we put it in perspective, over this period of time, you haven't got as as sick as as what you were told you had the potential of becoming yeah. in terms of physically unwell for the process you've maintained and if not increased your, your uh, exercise capacity. Um, you know, you've been surrounded by some amazing people. You've been doing some, some great things as well. Perspective wise, you know, it, it's been challenging, but you've, you've really stepped up and, and made it here. There's no reason why just because of this one piece of information, which again, isn't conclusive yet of, of kind of where we're at yep. has to, you know, stop you from maintaining that. I yeah, guess, absolutely. It's, and, you know, uh, having seen a number of people sort of that I know or my stepmom, for example, that have gone through this sort of stuff, that it is a it is a process um, and and it does take time. And, and I kind of, again, from that sustainability perspective, um, perspective you want to just see a gradual reduction in it over a period of time and it just disappears 
and you hope that your brain and your body learns how to manage that. Mm. Maybe it's a learning process for it that it's slowly just keeping it at bay and um, <clears throat> and dealing with it. So the only sort of spanner in the works that's thrown at the moment is that, um, you know, we plan to leave for Adelaide in a few weeks' time and now we've got to Wait. sort of maybe wait for a week just to okay. see what they say because if they say we want to drain it, then it means I've got to go back into hospital. I don't know how long that lasts. I don't yeah, imagine right. it's very long at all. I could imagine it's just going for the surgery and then um, once you're stable, then you can you can go. Um, it just would mean a fresh set of staples on the side of the head, so it would look extra oh, tough. Yeah, excellent. Um, Military look with staples. Yeah. So, so yeah. That's sort of put on hold at the moment, which is yeah. a little bit frustrating because we're all sort of a bit excited about yeah, getting that underway. Um, so it's just having patience in that in that space. Yeah. But as soon as we know, um, yeah, we've got a phone conference, phone conference uh, with um, head of oncology next week. Phone conference. Yeah, I phone love conference. it. So we don't have to go in um, because we're only meant to meet sort of once a month. Um uh, post um, chemo. Yeah. Um, and so you do a phone call next Thursday, you said? Yep. Okay, and that, and that but, will give you the update of where you're yep. at. So the whole team, so there's like a dozen of them, mm. will all look at that and then – and that's the good part about it, I guess, is that you haven't just got – it's not one individual because um, you've got some people that might panic and go, oh, but then others have experienced or seen this and have um, more knowledge in this space and – so they'll all sit down and they'll go through it and work out what needs to be done and um, and then I dare say I'll probably have another MRI uh, quickly just so they can have another look at it um, and then we'll go from there. Uh, and, again, it might be it's all symptomatic the way that they treat it, like how do you present because um, if you're presenting fine and things are going fine, then we don't want to cut your head open. Mm. We don't want to have to do stuff that we don't want to don't need to do, mm, mm. Um, and I don't necessarily want them to do that either. Like, you know, even for knee surgeries and stuff like that, people, doctors are. If we don't have to do it, if you're not going to play footy again, we're not cutting your knee open. Why? Because the more times your body is open for surgery, then the more at risk you are of infection and, and a whole range of other things. So, um, yeah, so it was a. A different day, but, you know, pasta and some cheesy garlic bread fixed it at the end of the day. Mate, um, always does. Hmm. Always does. I guess next week we'll chat again after your phone conference. Yes. <laughs> Is it a Zoom call? Or... Don't know. They haven't said. It just sounds like you're doing business on your phone conference there, kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, me with IT. Um, <laughs> so may there's every chance. Yeah, look, there's every chance I'll hang up on them six times before it actually occurs. Laura, can you just take um no, no, she'll be in charge. Either you or even Maxie, just someone else other than Lee. Jack's pretty good on the phone, actually. Hundred percent. Yeah, Jack can do it, so. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll know more next week and um and I would have finished my first five day stint of Chemo yeah. at the higher grade, so awesome. which so far this morning, no nausea. Yeah, if we could keep I'm it actually, that way for the drive home as well. No, I'm actually good. like hungry because <laughs> I haven't eaten this morning because you've – I cheated a little bit with the first dosage where I would take my anti-nausea 
and then 15 minutes later I take my camo because I'm like, oh, do you know what, I just want this. I want to eat. So I'm just, I'm just going to run the gauntlet. I'm going to take that and if I'm sick, I'll learn and I won't do it tomorrow. But I sort of ran through it pretty pretty easily. Whereas uh, today I was like, okay, need to be a little bit more measured today. This is double yeah. the dosage. Yeah. Um, so I need to be a little bit careful in that space. I'll take it. I'll wait an hour and then I'll have that. And then I'll wait an hour. And then I'll eat. So I'm ready to eat now. So done. Let's yeah. get you home so you can eat then. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I'll grab something on the way home, but probably not in the new car. <laughs> Doesn't look. I've got a banana. Not, you can have banana if you want. It's not conducive to eating. No, I don't think it's. Well, it's more non-conducive to spewing. So that's what yes. I'm more looking at. <laughs> yeah, true. Anyway, so. amazing.